It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I'm with Zerlina Maxwell, and we're joined right now by Congresswoman Marie Newman of Illinois. She is here to celebrate Pride and talk to us about her and her daughter, Evie's Teen Vogue Pride cover. Marie Newman, Representative Marie Newman, it is wonderful to talk to you. We've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Well, good morning, and thank you for having me. And, you know, my I'm so proud of my daughter, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of giggles that day, so it's important <laughs> to have fun every day, and that was a fun day. <laughs> well, one of the things yes. I think is, is so cool about the piece, um, it's, it's such a great piece. Everybody, rec- I highly recommend it. Everybody read it. I will tweet it out, um, is two things. One, it, it notes that you are the kind of person that thinks about every day having the potential to be a good day. (laughs) So that's when you say that, it made me think of that um, uh, quality that uh, they describe you um, in the, in the top of the piece, but also the piece starts out with where you were on election night in 2016. So I want to start there (laughs) because we, we, we worked for Hillary Clinton, Jess and I. And so we were at different locations within the bowels of the Javits center. um, Probably just in in shock and awe where were you and what were you thinking because what what you did as a result of that election is you decided to run for congress um and do something about this this country we're living in so where were you in in 2016 when we were all processing what was about to take place in terms of the trump era well, first of all, thank you for your um, hard work for electoral politics, and um, that is a very hard job you all had, so thank you for your hard work. Um, secondly, I just a, a sidecar uh, remark uh, is that um, with regard to what I was doing and what I was thinking that night, um, I knew that I had never even run for student council, just to be clear, <laughs> not even run literally run for nothing i mean it was it so going from zero to uh congress uh for whatever reason seemed like i could do that you know and so in that moment just going back to your question in that moment on the night of the 2016 election i had been thinking about a lot of things and i had been run you know i had been asked gosh, on an ad hoc basis by colleagues that were advocates and activists that I had worked in various issue spaces um, and said, hey, you should run sometime. And it was always, oh, my kids are young. I can't do that. And, you know, that's that's too big a leap. And I don't have the experience. Well, um, turns out I had all of the experiences. I had all the lived lived experiences (laughs) to do this work. Um, But that night, how I felt was, is that it was just a sinking feeling all night long. It went from oh, gosh, this is going to be tough uh, for uh, Clinton to win, right? Um, To, oh, my God, she lost at 3 in the morning, and I finally went to bed. And I got up the next day, and Mm -hmm. I can can count on one hand how many days of work uh, I have not uh, made because I was sick or something happened. Um, And I think only two of those uh, fingers count four times when I was actually um, sick. So I 
cleared my schedule that day. I canceled all of my meetings that day. I stayed in my pajamas, which I only do on Christmas Day, by the way, just for the record. Um, and so <laughs> by 6 o'clock, my husband got home and said, wow, what is going on here? <laughs> I said, we have just had the largest travesty of justice. And he said, I know. I, he said, I didn't realize you were this upset. And I said, so two things is that not only have all of our rights are going to roll back, but all of our economic rights are going to roll back and he will ruin this economy. And I have never been more prescient uh, in my lifetime, never, um, about uh, Trump's uh, adversarial and um, horrific actions throughout his entire presidency. So by that evening, I had decided that I would um, engage in this wonderful program called the Illinois Women's Institute for Leadership, which is a program that helps you learn how to run, to run, and then uh, helps you uh, network as well as learn how to uh, be a legislator, right? So engaged in that. Um, and I had been watching my uh, congressperson for probably five, six, seven years and was not happy, but then did a real deep dive on the electoral side, meaning the the uh, numerics around it that, wow, this is a winnable race. His unfavorables are quite high, um, but he is not a real Democrat. And so as I started to mull this, it became a better and better idea, even though, again, I had never so much as run for student council. So um, I decided to run out of need. Um, and I knew, knew nobody would step up because it's a very hard thing to do. Um, and whether I was crazy or passionate, you could make either case. Um, I did do it in 2018, lost by a couple points, and then came back again, which is the moral of the story here is that when you lose once, particularly if you're a woman, almost 100% of the time you win the second time. It's true. That is that is something. And that's something that uh, that that the Republicans actually seem to understand, like they have no problem running a candidate that has lost the first time, whereas Democrats are like, oh, I don't know if we couldn't do it the first time, yeah. then let's try, you yeah. know, let's go back. But you beat Dan Lipinski. Oh, I, I, like, I would I, say they I, I would say they were get, they're getting over that, though, just a quick um, insert there. I think Democrats please. are turning around that because when I came back uh, the second time, nobody batted an eye. They were like, oh, yeah, you're doing this again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so just well, look what you sorry, did the you first time with ahead. very little institutional support. Like right, you were taking right. on a Democratic incumbent, which means that you don't get the same kind of party support that you do if you're running True. for an open seat or running against a Republican. The fact that you were taking yeah. on a Democrat who was a Democrat in absolute name only. He was the most anti-choice member of our caucus. He was anti-LGBTQ. Like he, this was a bad dude. Like this was someone who should have been yeah. on the other side of the aisle. But you came really close without party support the first time. And the second time, I think everyone was like, oh, wait, we really can get rid of Dan Lipinski. Let's help Marie Newman out. <laughs> and, and now you're in Congress, which is exactly where we need you to be. And, and having the voice that you have, it's like it could not be a clearer contrast between, you know, the incumbent that, that you that you challenged and and the leadership that that you show. Um, I, you've had to show that leadership in a way that I'm sure you were never intending to. I know that you had talked to your daughter about what a run would mean for her identity and her journey and how that would be discussed, but I'm sure neither one of you, I'm sure nobody in your family thought that it would be politicized the way that it has with this absolute bully of an adult woman um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is across the hall from you, you know, you put up a, a trans pride flag as the third flag displayed outside your office and she 
put up hate speech in return. Mm-hmm. Um, how has how has that how has the family? Because this is a you know this is a an attack on the whole family. Like how how have you yeah. all dealt with that kind? Of, you're not supposed to see that kind of bullying from adults. <laughs> how have you all yeah. dealt with that? How how has Evie dealt with that? Well, sadly, my entire family has been uh, well versed and trained in um, receiving being on the receiving end of this because. Um, when my son, who's now 23, thriving, uh, going into a great job and all, and has a master's and is a rock star, he was bullied severely um, in, when he was a very young boy. I actually became an anti-bullying expert as a result of that, wrote a book, ran wow. a national um, organization, and uh, worked in the anti-bullying space for many years um, prior to ever coming to cr- Congress. Then when Evie transitioned, she had been going through some uh, bullying separate of that um, before she transitioned. And we had um, sadly had lots of experience. So when people, people were ridiculously kind, not just uh, relatives, friends and neighbors were incredibly supportive, but across the country, across the world on this. I'm not kidding. Like I was shocked by the level of international attention wow. it got. Uh, it, it was like a warm hug. Every, I, I had... Mm-hmm. You know, and there, uh, I will tell you, Republicans like Adam Kinzinger came out publicly to be supportive. So people were supportive, but that is all to say my family was conditioned for this, withstood it beautifully, and they're all rock stars because they can withstand this stuff. <laughs> that makes me feel so good. You, you raised Much better. great kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> you just happen to be an expert in bullying. Wow. Marjorie Taylor Greene is not ready uh, for for any of it. Um, oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I you know, I mean when I, when she does this stuff, I just sigh and go, oh sweetheart, I'm from the Midwest. I eat icebergs for breakfast, so please move on. I love it. I love it. Um, so one of the things that you know we all have watched since the well, it's it sort of was before the 2020 election, but certainly picked up steam since the 2020 election is on the state level. States being obsessed um, with banning uh, health care for trans trans kids, um, yeah. banning trans kids from being able to do the sport um, uh, on the team that they want to be on. <laughs> and I didn't re- I mean, I understand bathroom bills was sort of the first iteration of this hysteria about trans identity. But mm-hmm. it feels to me like <clears throat> sports teams is really not it shouldn't be on the top of the list of the things you were worried about and yet that's like you know the number one piece of legislation out of state houses that are led by republicans why do you think it is that you know republicans in this moment seem to be targeting trans people as a scapegoat for i don't know the resentment and anxiety people feel about what's going on in the world but it feels like they're being scapegoated in a very particular way. They are. I, I think that's a, in a very uh, precision-driven insight. They are because the Republicans that are in the majority, and what I mean by that is that it's not the standard uh, moderate Republicans or standard conservatives in the party. It is this other wing that is really taken over the party that has nothing to stand on. They don't have any issues anymore. They don't stand on small government and taxes at all anymore. They stand on these uh, horrifying, antiquated uh, social issues that I find disgusting. So 
What do people do when they're ill-informed or they're bullies? They stand on hysteria and whipping up their base with red herrings. So whether you are a social scientist or a uh, well-informed parent or anybody that is maybe above 18 that has had a little bit of life under their belt understands is that when you have nothing to say and you have no evidence and you are uh, have a, a level of hate inside you for absolutely no reason that is undescribable, what you do is you throw out these gigantic red herrings that have no evidence. I'll, I'll give you case in point, these crazy uh, uh, sp- sports bills that are beyond um, nonsensical. Um, a, a couple of AP reporters went to all of the authors of those 33 bills across the states and said, hey, um, can you share that study or that set of evidence or the data that you have that supports this um, solution that you're putting forth around um, uh, bathrooms and um, sports uh, issues. And um, they said, oh, well, you know, it's just a well-known thing. And so then, you know, being good at investigative reporters, they then said, well, can you share episodes or anecdotes? Not one of them could even show, share right. an anecdote. It's like, okay, if you're going to speak, have something to say. And they don't. And that's really the point of the red herring is you throw <laughs> these things out, throw a lie out there, but keep saying it. And guess what? These are uh, Frequently, these bills are failing because uh, most of the world is filled with good people um, that are educated. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. There are, there are more of us than there are of them, even if they are um, really, really loud sometimes. And I think that is an incredible oh my gosh, yeah. thing to, to remember if we're going to keep our sanity. I, I wanted to ask you um, to, to, to speak a, a little bit personally, because it's Pride Month. And we are starting to see more and more legislators being elected who have trans people in their families, in their very close, immediate families. And that's that's a sea change for um, for this country. I think a a lot of folks don't don't have trans people in their lives. And so they're not they're not meeting them. And the media does a terrible job of including them in stories about these anti trans bills. So they're they're not really exposed to anybody who has that identity. Can you talk about well, that, like, like you said in Teen Vogue? Can 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 you talk about the moment when your daughter started telling you that she wanted to sure. transition, and and what was your experience as a parent with that? Especially now that I understand you had that background in bullying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let me make one comment about the media. That you know, they probably do try to reach out to um, trans folks, but it is still hard for uh, a trans person. Um, to tell their story. Many are very proud of their stories, but there are some where they still feel like there's going to be some level of backlash. So um, I don't think it's necessarily the media's fault that they're not getting them in these stories. It is the it is society's fault for not embracing our LGBTQ uh, brothers and sisters. Um, so that's really where the root of it is. I, I just want to make that statement in fairness to all. Now, with regard to um, Evie's transition, um, for probably two or three years prior to her coming out, she had been experiencing a lot of um, depression. We had brought her to uh, lots of different therapy programs, lots of different therapists, medication, um, diagnostics work, programs, new new um, ideas. You know, like we we went through everything right. and we could not figure it out. And while I had been an LGBTQ uh, ally for, oh gosh, 
decades at that point. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't know, and, and that's why I had to learn a lot. I had to put myself on pause and learn everything about um, transition because I didn't know. Um, but the day that um, was kind of the most remarkable was um, uh, the day before her eighth grade graduation, um, she and her dad and I had had words, and she went up to her room, came back down and said, and was in a deep state of depression, and we knew that, said, you know, Mom, I'm such a hassle for you. I only see two solutions. I can either run away or I can kill myself. And I will never, ever forget that day. I will never forget that day. She was in such a horrifying spot that she thought in her 14-year-old brain that that was the only solution. You know, and at that point, she was her um, former identity. And so we went to eighth grade graduation the next day and then immediately put her in to this marvelous day program that helped her uh, sort this out and get to her authentic self. So um, shortly thereafter, it was a week or two after the program had started at night after I picked her up um, and she stopped eating dinner and said, Mom, I, I think I know what the issue is. And I said, oh, we're working on all that, honey. It's, we're getting there, blah, blah, blah. And she, and she said, no, Mom. I'm At that point, she had said, I'm gender fluid. Um, I feel female. My name is E.B. And I, I burst into tears, threw my hands up, and said, oh, that's so marvelous. So we knew what our path was, and we knew what her authenticity was, right? Is that that's the most freeing and liberating thing, because when you're pretending to be someone else, that is a horrible existence. So it was yeah. the most uh, liberating and wonderful day that I have in memory at this point. See, when I, we say that these, when we say that 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 treatment is life saving, that is what we're talking about. When we talk about denying treatment to young people, to young trans people, it it's not in a vacuum. It it it, it the, these are kids that are that are hurting because they are pretending right. to be somebody that they're not. And I hadn't read a mother's reaction as as mm-hmm. as joyful immediately until I read the piece about you and your daughter. And I wanted to make sure that you that you were able to share that piece of the experience with folks who may not have been able to encounter somebody who decided to have that identity. It's uh, It just shows a lot of strength and bravery. And frankly, you're an excellent mother. <laughs> Oh, you're very kind, but it, it's the village, right, is that Evie had amazing yeah. support. We were lucky in Illinois. We have great support. We have great therapy programs. We have um, great um, uh, support in every way, um, and they guided us, and they were our Sherpa for a long time, um, and Evie did the yeoman's work, obviously, on this. She had this inner transition she had to work through, and so imagine, you know, I liken it to, I try to describe it to people in that Imagine that you're you as an individual all by yourself at a very young age have to uh, change locations, change identities, change um, what what your perspective on the world is um, and work through this inner struggle um, that is freeing yet scary all by yourself, even though you have all of this support around you, because it's still at the end of the day, you have to do it. And so she did the yeoman's work. I was just there to support her, as was her brother and uh, my husband. Yeah. I love that you took the time to learn. 
I know that we are almost out of time. We have one more minute, so I I won't go on long. But I just I love that you took the time to learn and the moment in the piece where Evie says, "I didn't know that you did that." <laughs> um, is also <laughs> that you beautiful. You took time off of your own right. business, to <laughs> right? And yourself. and and yeah. really just um, dove into trying to be the best support system. I mean, I think a lot of parents, you know, they want to be helpful. I think a lot of parents, you know, who don't react in joy, maybe you know, that's coming from a place of fear. And I'm sure you, um, you know, everybody when change is happening feels fear. Um, but leaning into like, okay, well, I will channel this fear into education so that I can be the best supported support system possible. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Well, it was my honor and pleasure and I'm I'm blessed with two amazing kids and an amazing husband and it just doesn't get much better than that. You're also a congresswoman, which means that yes. the support that you extend to your family, you you are now extending to all of us, and uh, we're incredibly grateful for that. And and I just I love the fact. I mean, it's a it's a lottery how you get offices in Congress. Like this is this was not a setup. I just you know it feels like a little bit of serendipity that you got the one right across from that bully. Like she yes yes occasionally things go right um <laughs> congresswoman marie newman thank you so much for sharing your story and evie's story and uh, and joining us this morning well my pleasure and good to be with you all have a great day you too thank you come back anytime Bye-bye. happy pride Thank you all so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Zerlina Maxwell, at Jess underscore MC, and at Signal Boost Show. 